So honestly, honesty can be hard um, and difficult for us sometimes. And uh, I just, I wanted to start off this morning, I've, I brought the whiteboard up here because I'm going to write some things up here on the board. And for some of you who are on summer vacation from school, um, you might have uh, a little bit of overwhelming anxiety that you feel. But I, I just want to, I want to write this equation down and it's just simply this. Let me see here. Um, when you see that, what, what does that make you feel? Some, some of you, you feel anxiety right now. Some of you, you feel less of a person. Um, some of you, you're having flashbacks to your algebra class. Um, some, some of you, all of these different emotions come, come flooding in when we, when we see this. And what we call this in mathematics is this. We call this solving. How do you spell solving? <laughs> For... X. Is there not an O here? <laughs> anyway, solving for X. Solving for X. And, and for those of you who will literally be working on this equation, or for those of you who've already solved this equation, major spoiler alert here. Um, in this equation, X, X equals 3. X equals 3. And, and I think for all of us, we know the people in our lives, that it just feels like they're those X equal three type of people. You, you know those people. It seems like everything just is simpler for them. Everything seems to work out with X equals three type of people. And it doesn't mean that less has happened to them. No, I think all of us have probably to some certain degree, we've all experienced life and, and problems and troubles and trials happening to us, but it just seems like there's X equals three type of people that there's those people in our lives that we know, maybe you live with them or, or maybe you go to work with them or maybe you, they live in your neighborhood, but it just seems like those X equal three type of people that everything works out for them. And, and then the rest of us that, that our lives are a lot more complicated. Our, our lives look like this equation and we have to erase and redo and start over and try to solve and, and we're frustrated and we're angry and, and it just seems like we're constantly trying to work out the equation, so to speak, of life. And, and so it, it's more complicated for, for us. And, and so what, what I want us to talk about is just simply this that, and I, I hope you guys, you get this, that, and I'm going to have to kneel down here because I didn't draw high enough unresolved emotion equals unrest. The unresolved emotion in your life and in my life, it, it equals unrest. That there are things inside of you and inside of me, and if we don't resolve them, if we just kind of pass over them, if we move or, or rush quickly past them, that unresolved emotion inside of you and inside of me, it equals unrest in our lives. That, that we seem, and you know those people, maybe they walk around and, and it just seems like they're not completely there. They're, they're there, their body is physically there, but, but 
they're not there when you're talking to them. They're not there in the conversation. They're, they're not present with you in the room. Unresolved emotion equals unrest. And, and so for you, maybe, maybe one of these equations, it, it just simply stands for this. Maybe you experienced a death in your life. Maybe there was someone in your family that's passed away or, or a friend of yours that you were close to or, or, or someone that, that you knew that you go to work with and, and they passed away or all of the deaths that seem to keep happening in our nation right now, the, the, the massacre that happened there in, in Orlando or the shootings that have been in Chicago over and over again or, or anything. If you ever turn on the news, if you ever get on the computer, that, that we have, we're surrounded by death. And, and it seems to, to me that that sometimes we just move right past this. We don't process it. We don't, we don't think about it. Or, or maybe for you, uh, it, it was a close call. Maybe for you, uh, you almost got in that car accident. You almost lost your life. You, you almost got caught. You, it almost went on your permanent record. It, it, there was that close call in your life. And, and again, you never really stopped. You never paused. You, you never thought about it. You just kind of brushed over it and, and went right by it. Or, or maybe for you, it, it was a, a want that you had in your life. And, and so maybe for you, you, you have hair envy, <laughs> and you've never really acknowledged it, or, or you have teeth envy, or, or you have car envy, when you see that person smile, you're like, wow, they have the most beautiful smile. I wish I, could, I had the smile that they had. Or for some of you, it's status envy on social media, or, or for some of you, it's follower envy. I, I don't know what it is, but there's a want or there's a desire that's deep down inside of you, but you've never really acknowledged it. You've never come to terms with it. You, you've, you know it's there, but you've never really processed through that. Or... Or maybe for you it's, let me check my notes here, I've got one more that I want to make sure, oh yeah, here, here's this one for, for all of us. It's job or, or school. What I mean by that is that your company downsized, that, that you got let off, that, that you got the pink slip. Or, or maybe you thought you were going to get a raise, you thought, you thought you were going to get the bonus, you thought you were going to get the position, but you didn't. Or you're in school, and this past year, your GPA wasn't where you thought it was going to be. Or you applied for a college, and, and they didn't accept you into that school. Or, or the social atmosphere of the school, and the friends that you thought were your friends aren't your friends anymore. And, and so it just seems like everything in your world isn't working out the way that you wanted it to. Or, and I'll just kind of put these last two, for, for some of you it's plans, plans that you had this summer, plans that you had this year and now we're already almost in July and you thought that you, it would be different by now but it's not different and, and so you're still, still working for this or, or, or for some of you it's, it's simply just loss, that maybe your parents got divorced and, and so your dad wasn't around or, or maybe for you someone actually physically stole or took something from you or or, or maybe for you, it, it was someone actually physically took something from you, that you faced physical abuse or emotional abuse or verbal abuse. I, I don't know what it is, but, but all of us, when we look at this equation, we, we see how complicated life can get. And, and so for me to stand up here and automatically think that I can just solve all of your problems by writing this equation on the board, that would be foolish of me. But but what I, I want you to, to understand and what I want us to talk about just for a few moments here is this, and I, and I promised I'll try to get you guys out early, is this, that 
for our equation of life that X equals honesty. X equals honesty. I think most of us are mostly honest, (laughs) right? I mean, you're mostly honest with your spouse. You're mostly honest with your boss. You're you're mostly honest. Maybe you're in a dating relationship right now and you're mostly honest about in that dating relationship. Guys, this is supposed to be funny, okay? I'm, I'm working here, so... But, but Wikipedia says that 85% of the time we're mostly honest with ourselves and, and with the people around us. And, and honest to God, Wikipedia, I don't know how accurate that is or how, how true that is. But regardless, we're, we're mostly honest with ourselves. And, and whether you believe in Jesus or not or whether you're, you believe in the Bible or not or whether you're checking us out online for the very first time, and, and, and you're just kind of exploring this whole thing, regardless if you believe in Jesus, regardless if you believe in the Bible, regardless if you believe in God or not, all of us, in all of our lives, we hope that we could be in a relationship where we're fully known and we're fully accepted. Again, all of us, regardless if you're Christian or not, all of us want to be fully known and fully accepted. But the place that honesty we struggle with it in our lives it is with ourselves and with the relationships around us. I mean, think about it. Your best relationships, think about your best relationships in your life. Those relationships are the most honest relationships. The people who you don't have to put up any pretense, you don't have to put up any mask, you don't have to pretend to be someone else. Your most deep and intimate relationships are with the people that you're the most honest with. And all of us want that in our lives. And the place that we struggle with this the most is in our relationships, is honesty. And so, if you've been around Bethesda for any amount of time, you've probably heard us talking about having a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. So if you struggle with being honest with your boss, with your spouse, with your coworkers, with your family, if you struggle with honesty, which all of us probably do to some certain degree, then how honest to God are you? How transparent are you with God? How vulnerable are are you in your relationship with God? If we struggle in honesty, if if we struggle with with all of the being honest in our relationships, then how honest to God are you? Because honesty is more than just avoiding deception. Honesty is full disclosure. Honesty is fully being who we are and who God has created us to be and not having anything to hide. No hiding, no pretending, no faking. It's all of us in that moment. Honest to God. And and so you might be sitting here and you're like, well, Michael, I grew up and being honest to God, you have to communicate in a relationship and, and I don't know if I can do that. Because maybe you grew up around church and and the only communication to God you ever heard were prayers that seemed stuffy or over-spiritual or when people pray, they change their voice somehow, they turn into a different person when they're praying and all of these things. And so you're like, you know what, if that's communication, if that's being honest to God, then I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't talk that way to God. And and church, I I just want to let you know that, that God doesn't want perfect conversation he wants honest conversation 
I mean, when I have to send an, a real serious email to Pastor Dan, and, and um, if you've been around me for any amount of time, and, and Pastor Dan knows this, I'm a very wordy person. I've got to talk a lot. I've always have to be in the conversation. In our staff meetings, I hog the whole time of our conversations. I, le- I just, I butt in all the time. I always have to be talking, 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 talking. That's really not true, but honestly. <laughs> But if I have to send him a serious email, I'm going to send it to our media team. I'm going to send it to Pastor Brent because obviously I can't spell. And so um, I'm going to make sure all of the words are spelled right, that there's no squiggly lines underneath, that I get all of my grammar right, that everything's just in place before I hit send because I want to make sure that I'm communicating well to Pastor Dan. And and I don't know who the boss is in your life that, that you have to try to communicate with on a regular basis. Besides Pastor Dan, the other boss in my life is Linnell, so um, honestly, <laughs> that's real uh, talk. But, uh, but, but again, maybe you think that when you talk to God that you have to have all of your T's crossed and all of your I's dotted and everything has to be just perfect when you talk to God. But again, God doesn't want perfect conversation. He wants honest conversation. And so maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, well, Pastor Michael, has, has everyone, anyone ever been honest with God? I mean, does this have the heavenly stamp of approval? Is God okay with us, with us being honest? I'm glad you asked. One of the most famous kings in the Bible, one, one of the, the, the guys who wrote almost over half of the, the Psalms in the Old Testament, his name was, drumroll, David. All the smart people sit in the front. Um, David, that's right. And, and David went from being a shepherd to a king. He went from being a, a boy who was playing with a slingshot to a giant killer to an amazing warrior. He was a poet and a songwriter. He had wealth and he had uh, military power beyond anything anyone could imagine. But the thing that God tags David with more than anything else, he says this statement about David. He says, David is a man after God's own heart. David's a man after God's own heart. And and the amazing thing is that we have David's journals. I don't know if you keep a journal or if you kept a journal when you were a teenager or you wrote down your thoughts somewhere or things that you were thinking or hoping or dreaming. But we have access to David's journal where he's having these honest conversations with God, where, where he's being completely and totally transparent with God and he's being honest to God. And we have these, we have access to these prayers, to these songs that David writes. And I just want us to look at a few of David's unresolved emotions and his unrest and how he solved his unresolved emotions and his unrest with being honest to God. So if you want to turn in your Bibles, you're welcome to turn to Psalms. We're going to be jumping all over the place. So if you don't have your Bibles or if you can't keep up, it's going to be on the screen for you. But Psalms is this place where David writes about his honest conversation with God. And we'll start off in Psalm chapter 7 and verses 1 and 2. And this is what David writes. He says, Lord, my God, I take refuge in you. Save and deliver me from all who pursue me. Or they will tear me apart like a lion and rip me into pieces with no one to rescue me. This is the prayer that Leonardo DiCaprio prays in the reverent now, except instead of a bear, it's a, uh, or instead of a lion, it's a bear. But um, 
okay? Um, so anyway, <laughs> but ha- have you ever been afraid before? David was. David was afraid. And he told God about it. He said, God, I'm afraid. It feels like they're going to rip me apart. It feels like they're attacking me from every side and I have nowhere else to turn. God, would you please, please rescue me? Have you ever been afraid? Have you ever told God about it? You can. He, he wants to know when you're afraid. What about grateful? Let's talk about something positive for a second. Gratitude, being grateful. David, in Psalm 40, verses 1, he said, I waited patiently for the Lord. Have, have you ever waited on God and, and then he came through? I mean, is there any better feeling than that? You were waiting and waiting. Maybe it was weeks or months or even years. I waited on the Lord, David said. He, he turned to me and he heard my cry. He lifted me out of the slimy pit. Out of the mud in the mire, he set my feet on a rock. He gave me a firm place to stand. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Have you ever been grateful to God? Have you ever just told him, God, I'm so thankful, I'm so grateful for all that you've done in my life. Not just when we're singing worship songs, but with your own words. Have you ever been saying, God, this was the mess of my life and God, you came to my rescue. Have you ever done that? Powerless. What about when you feel powerless? This is what David says in Psalm 42 and verse number nine. He says, I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Have you ever felt like God had forgotten you? Like he was ignoring you? Okay, God, I get it. There's seven billion other people on the planet and you're taking care of an entire universe. God, I I understand, but God, it feels like you haven't You've forgotten me. I can't even get a shout out. I, I can't get any of your attention. God, why, why have you forgotten me? He goes on. God, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about mourning, oppressed by the enemy? And then he says this. He's he physically feeling pain. My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where's your God? Has anyone ever said that to you? You believe in what? You believe you read that? You actually go to church. You, what? Where is your God in all of the mess of our world? Where, you really believe, you still believe in all of that stuff that's thousands and thousands of years old. David felt helpless, hopeless, powerless. What about when you feel jealous? Anyone in here ever get jealous? No, Michael, I haven't been jealous since middle school. (laughs) Wrong. I mean, even Nick Jonas said, I still get jealous. (laughs) Jealousy. You ever struggled with that? David did. He, He says it this way. Surely, surely, it's a question. Surely God is good to Israel? I love Shirley because it feels like it's full of doubt and questions. And, and really, God, seriously, if, if your name is Shirley, I'm not saying you're filled with doubt and questions. I'm just saying this Shirley is filled with doubt. Surely God is good to those who are pure in heart. But as for me, my foot almost slipped. This is in Psalm 73. My foot almost slipped. I had nearly lost my foothold. I envied the arrogant. When I saw the prosperity of the wicked, he, he's jealous. He, he says this, they have no struggles. Their bodies are healthy and strong. God, they're healthy and strong. Regardless if they use Botox or creatine or steroids, God, they're healthy and strong. 
it, or tummy tucks, Pastor Dan. They, they are free from common human burdens. They're, they have no plagued. They're not plagued by human ills. Da- David's eaten up with jealousy. He's saying, God, I'm pure in heart and I'm struggling here. And the wicked, look at their lives. Look how great their lives are, God, compared to my life. God, are you serious? Just two more real quick. Have you ever been excited about something? Have you ever told God? Psalm 66 says, shout for joy all the earth. Have you ever shouted in your car for joy? (laughs) That's the key word there. (laughs) Not shouted because someone cut you off or shouted because someone said, you're number one. (laughs) Not because of that. But have you ever shouted for joy in your car like, God, thank you. Thank you, God. She finally said, yes, she'll go out on a date with me. God, you are great. You do miracles so great. There is no one else like you. Have you ever shouted for joy to God? Listen to what David says. Shout for joy to God, all the earth. Sing praises to his name. Make his praise glorious. Say to God, how awesome are your deeds. So great is your power that your enemies cringe before you. All the earth bows down to you. They sing praises to you. They sing praises to your name. Come and see what God has done. His awesome deeds for all mankind. Have you ever told God how excited you are? You can. He wants to know. Last one and I promise we're done here. What about anger? Michael, I can't be angry at God. God's not down with anger. That that doesn't work in God's economy. He's not okay with anger. Listen to what David says in Psalm 58. Break the teeth in their mouths, O God. Have you ever chipped a tooth or had wisdom teeth pulled or had something to do with your mouth where you have to go to the dentist? Is there anything worse than that? I mean, stepping on a Lego barefoot in the middle of the night, probably that is worse but besides that and and David doesn't say hey just break one tooth he says God I want you to break their whole mouth break all of their teeth off God this this is what he's praying for his enemies he says Lord tear out their fanes the fanes of those lions let them vanish like water that flows away when they draw the bow let their arrows fall short may they be like a slug that melts away As it moves along, like a stillborn child that never sees the sun. I mean, I even hesitated to put that verse in there because I thought that's so inappropriate. If you've ever stood next to someone at a funeral who's lost a child, if you've ever stood next to someone who's lost an infant, a baby, a stillborn, I've still stood next to multiple couples and cried with them as we buried their child, their baby. And David says this, I want that 
for my enemies, God, because I'm so mad and I'm so angry. And God doesn't say, when you pray, pray like this, but he celebrates the man and says, this is a man after my own heart, a man who can be completely and totally honest and transparent with me and not pretend or fake or wear a mask. This is a man who's after my own heart because he can have an honest conversation with me. And so what about you, church? What, what about you? Are, you? are you honest to God? I, I mean, when it comes to honesty, again, the point is not just being honest. It's this desire to have a close relationship with God. See, being honest to God forces you to be honest with yourself. And so what, what about this? We're going to go back here to the board for a minute. Have you told God you're afraid? Have you told him? When was the last time that, that you opened up your heart and you said, God, I'm just afraid? He, he wants to know that. Maybe it's because, I mean, for me as a dad, as a parent, as a human, I'm like, when's it going to happen next? Shootings in schools, shootings in nightclubs, shootings in churches, shootings in the street. I mean, how much more can our world handle? Have you ever told God, hey, God, what's going on? I'm afraid for my family. I'm afraid for my kids. What about this? Gratitude. Have you told God how grateful you are? Maybe that's where you need to start. There's a verse in the Psalms that David writes, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. Maybe that's where you need to start it is with saying, God, God, thank you. Maybe that's all you can say. That's okay. You can start there. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Maybe that's where you start. What, what about this, this want? Have you ever told God you're jealous? He wants to know. Okay, God, you want me to be honest with you? I want her life. I want his life, God. If we're being completely and totally honest, God, it seems that everything's working out for them. Everything working out in their life, in their marriage, with their kids, with their family, with their finances. God, if we're completely honest, yeah, I'm jealous. I'm envious. Why? Why them? Why not me, God? I, I give to the church. I, I serve. I, I come here. I'm faithful here on Sundays. God, why does it seem like the, it's working out for everyone else but not for me, God? Why? You can tell God that. What, what about this, where you, where you feel powerless in your job? In your school, with school? Where you feel overwhelmed? Is it okay for me to talk to God about that? Absolutely. What, what about your plans? Which one is this? <laughs> Just want to make sure I'm not missing anything. Excited. Have you told God you're excited? And this last one is just anger. Maybe your plans include a Disney cruise. Maybe, maybe it includes 
going out on a date. Maybe it includes, some, I, I don't know what that is for you, but maybe you're excited about something and you just need to tell God, or, or maybe you're angry with God. See, being honest to God makes us be honest with ourselves. And what I mean by that is just simply this. When you're finally honest to God, you have God's perspective. And what I love about this equation right here is this. And for those of you who are mathematicians, those of you who are math geniuses, that you've probably already figured this out because you're saying, Pastor Michael, X doesn't just equal three. X also equals two. You can write it out and work it out later or type it into your calculator later. But x equals 2 and x equals 3 in this equation. And that's what I love about being honest to God is this, church. That when you're honest to God, you begin to see things differently. You begin to see your fears differently. You begin to see your gratitude differently, your jealousy. When you're powerless, when you're helpless, when you're excited, when you're angry, you begin to see it differently. Because if you only bring 10% of yourself to the relationship with God, you're only going to get 10% back. But when you bring all of yourself, you're going to get all of God. What I love about in the Old Testament and the New Testament is this. Do you guys remember Jer Jeremiah? He said this, seek, when you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. God is saying that to Jeremiah. Zechariah says it this way. He says, return to the Lord and the Lord will return to you. Jesus said it this way, seek his kingdom first and all these other things will be added. James, the brother of Jesus said, draw near to God and God will. It seems that God has set it up to where he reciprocates our movement. When we bring all of ourselves to God, he brings all of himself to us. When we only bring half of ourselves to God, he only brings half of revealing maybe what he has in store for us. And, and so what I love about this is, is that God is saying, hey, come on, you can be honest with me. He's a good, we, we've sang that song here before, you've heard it on the radio, he's a good, good father. He's a great father. There's a, the story I wanna share about my family, it's uh, we, we're, we've been here for almost a year. I mean, just another week and we'll have been here for a year. For some of you, you're, you're thinking, man, it feels like you've been here a lot longer than that. <laughs> for some of you, it's like, really, you've been here that long? But, and this year, it, it was hard moving and relocating from Chicago land area down here to Texas. And, but we love it here. We're so glad that we're here. But it was especially hard on our kids. If you've ever moved as a parent, you know that, that it's difficult on your kids the most. And so, um, I mean, there were moments where all, all three of our kids, Abby, Malachi, and, and Lily, all kind of broke down a little bit, and, and I want to go home, I want to go back, and, and all of that. And, and they struggled in, in school a little bit. And you guys get it. I mean, a new house, a new church, a new, uh, new friends, new, all, everything was new. New teachers, all, everything was brand new for our kids. And really, they only, we were in Chicago at the church where we were at for eight years, and so that's really all they can remember or really knew. Abby remembered a little bit before that, but really the other two just, that's all they knew. And, and so we, uh, we would pray with them, and, and we would talk together, and, and again, it was an answer to prayer. They have friends, and, and they're doing great, and they're ready for school next year. They just wish it was 
a few more months away, but, but, uh, but I remember one time, Lily, our youngest, she's, uh, she was breaking down and crying, and it wasn't a sad cry. It was like a mad cry. Have you ever had one of those, a mad cry? Those are good, right? And, uh, and she's just crying, and, and we're talking simple stuff here like brush your teeth, turn your nightlight on, get in bed, but she's acting like it's x squared plus 3x minus 8x equals 8x minus 8x minus 6. I mean, she's, it's, it's complicated. And she looks up at me and she says, Dad, you don't even get me. And she's eight. <laughs> and I'm like, Lily, you know what? You're exactly right. Because your mom's been telling me the same thing for years. No, I didn't say that, but <laughs> I picked her up and I sat down and I pulled her close to me and tears are streaming down her face and now I'm crying. <laughs> I'm like, Lily, you know what? I don't. I don't get you. But I want to. I want to know, Lily, what are you feeling inside? What hurts? What's wrong, Lils? Just tell me. And church, I'm a messed up, I don't always get it right dad. So how much more do you think your heavenly father, when you're crying, when you're broken, when you're afraid, when you're jealous, when you're excited, how much more do you think he wants to know? That he just wants to pick you up and say, you know what, and he knows you're thinking there, doesn't God know everything? Yeah, he knows, but he just wants you to tell him. Like any good dad or mom would want you, our kids to tell us what's wrong inside of them. He just wants you to say it. Okay, God, you want me to be honest? I'm mad. I'm mad because my mom and dad left, God. And it hurts. And I don't know when I'm gonna see them again and I don't know what I'm supposed to do or how I'm supposed to act. God, I'm, I'm angry. Okay, God, you want me to be real? I'm jealous. God, everything else is working out for everyone else except for me. Why have you forgotten me, God? God, I feel powerless. I'm supposed to be the man of my house and I've lost my job. I don't know what I'm going to do to make ends meet. God, I, I don't know how I'm going to fix this. I've maxed out all of my credit cards. I don't know what else. We don't have any more savings left. We don't have any more on our deductible. God, what else am I supposed to do? Who else is going to help me, God? I feel powerless. Where, where's it going to come from, God? I think God can handle our honesty. Church, he just wants you to be honest. He just wants you to open up with your fears, with your doubts, with your anger, with your excitement, with your joy, with whatever emotion, unresolved emotion equals unrest. If you will be honest to God with where you're at, then God will come running to you. So what is it this week? Maybe it's for you on your drive tomorrow that you have an honest conversation. If the worship team wants to come back, you guys are welcome to do that. We can move this forward if we need to. But what is it for you? Maybe you can find 
some time this week to just say, okay, God, maybe it's on your drive to work, maybe it's this afternoon, maybe it's in the morning, instead of reaching for your phone, you just shut off your electronics, instead of reaching for your iPad or your tablet or your computer, you're just like, okay, God, let's have some honest conversation. Let's be honest with one another. This is where I'm at, this is what I'm feeling, this is what I'm thinking, God. He wants to know, church. And so maybe this week, that's where you start. Maybe it's you opening up because you haven't done that in a really long time to God. And you come here on Sunday mornings and all of us look really nice and our hair is done right and our makeup's on and our, we have our jackets on and our dresses and, and everyone looks just pretty and great and perfect. But you know inside, honest to God, it's not working. And so this week can be a time where you can be honest. If you'll just bow your heads with me just for a moment, just out of respect for this moment, if, if no one else moving around, and I'm going to bring it to a close. But maybe you're here this morning and you're just saying, you know what, Pastor Michael, you're, you're exactly right. This is me. And I haven't been honest with God. I, I've been... I've been faking it. I've been pretending. I, I've been acting like everything's okay, but if I'm honest, like David, uh, everything's not okay. Or maybe you are excited about something and, and life is going great for you, but you've told everybody else. You've even posted it on social media, but you haven't told God, thank you. You haven't said, God, I'm so excited. I'm so glad that this is working out. I'm so glad that, Lord, that you've answered my prayer this way. I'm so excited that you're making everything work together for the good of those who are called by Christ Jesus. God, I'm so glad that you're, you're doing this. It's not because of me, God. I have nothing to bring to the table. It's all because of you. And maybe you haven't ever told God that. You've told everyone else, but not him. And so if that's you this morning, I'm not going to ask you to come to the front. I just want you to slip your hand up and then you can put it right back down. I need to be honest with God. Thank you. Thank you guys for your hands. You can put it right back down. Thank you guys. Thanks. Thank you. Anybody else? Thanks. Thank you guys. God. Thank you so much for preserving these words literally for thousands and thousands of years. Thank you that we get to read David's prayers, his honest gut level conversations with you, God. And so many times, Lord, even I fall short of being this honest, this transparent with you. I think I have to get all my words just right and just perfect. But God, you don't want perfect conversation. You want honest conversation so God I'm praying for us as a church even tonight at our prayer service maybe that's where someone needs to come tonight and just lay themselves down and on the altar and just say okay God let's have some honest conversation but God I pray that we would carve out some time this week even today where we open up our hearts maybe we just journal it maybe we write it down Maybe we write a song. I don't know what it looks like for each of us, but God, I pray that you won't let us just walk out of here and forget what we've heard today. 
Lord, that we would not just be hearers of the word, but we would actually do what you've called us to do, to be honest to you, God. We love you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for making yourself available to us. Thank you for fully making yourself known to us through your son, Jesus Christ, God. We love you and we praise you for that. In your name we pray, amen. Would you stand with me before you're dismissed? And Pastor Brent's gonna lead us in one last song and then you'll be free to go this morning. But let's even in these moments, let's be honest to God with our worship. Jesus said this line in John, I know that you guys remember it, that the Father is seeking those who worship him in spirit and in truth. For us today, that could be honesty. So let's be honest even in our worship as we sing this last song together and as we go. God bless you.